Today we are wrapping up our Looking Up sermon series and glad that you guys are here. And all of you that are tuning in online, love that you're here as well. If you're new, my name is Justin Jordan. I'm the lead minister. And we've been going on this journey of looking at the Psalms of Ascent. These are songs that were written and that the pilgrims of the nation of Israel, the Jews, would sing as they were pilgriming back to Jerusalem for Pentecost, Passover, booths, and they would gather together in families and caravans, and they would sing, and they would talk about the journey, and they would understand more of who God is, and they would wrestle with their faith and what was going on, and, and really these, these songs are great songs for us to look at as we look at our journey with God. And as we journey with him and trust him and follow him and there's songs of praise and there's songs of lament, there's everything involved in regards to all these different types of songs in it. And it connects us to our relationship with God, what he's like and how he interacts with us in the midst of the journey. And so um, I'm really excited to wrap up the series today. Um, and the reason why is because it reminds me a little bit of, of growing up. If you don't know, I was involved in youth sports a lot, football, basketball, track. And my favorite sport was football. And part of the reason why is because of the community that was developed in, in football teams. And there's an aspect of, of, of me growing up and playing football that there's just the, the locker room experience. Um, there's this thing that, that we'd have called these team chants. And they were call and response team chants. And you guys are going, what is that? Well, I'll just give you an example. Like when I was growing up, I was a part of the greatest optimist team of my generation. We only lost two football games in four years. And so there was this team chant after our third year where we went undefeated that we started. And it was also during the Three Musketeers-like era as well. So one guy would yell out, all for one, and then we would respond with, and then we'd say a team that can't be beat, and they would we would respond back that won't be beat, and that's just the chant that we had—a call and response chant. And if you go, okay, that's cool. You guys know this if you're a Boise State fan, right? How many Boise State fans we got? And all the Vandals are upset right now because I'm talking about Boise State. And uh, at the stadiums, at the basketball arena, football arena, one side yells, Boise. and the other side responds with. Yeah, so you know the call and response chant. Now, here's the thing. My son's team has got all sorts of different chants now that I was like, I didn't have that chant. In fact, you know what? I'm going to put my son on the spot. He has no idea that I'm going to do this. I'm going to invite my son to the stage. Noah, come on up here. Will you give Noah a big round of applause? I think it's fitting. He doesn't have any ideas of what I'm doing right now, but he's also wearing his Cuna Crushers Optimus team sweatshirt this morning, right on point. So he has this chant that his team would do, and I'm going to ask him to actually model it for you this morning by yourself. You ready for this? I knew you'd be ready for it. All right, here we go. You ready? You got to model it to him. So get your hands out because you're going to need it. All right? You're, no, 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 we're not doing that. No, hands out still. Okay, here we go. You ready? I know, I'm going to tell you. Ready? Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Good job. Good job, Noah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a competition this morning. You ready? Here's section number one. You got you to gotta, you gotta do what Noah just did. But you got to do the real Ric Flair. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't okay, Ric Flair. You know who Ric Flair is, right? Yeah, thank you. All right, here we go. So here we go. 
You ready? Give me two Rick. Oh, man, I messed up. <laughs> Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> Pretty good. Clapping wasn't in complete unity, but I'll, you know what? First try. All right, here we go. This section, you ready? We scared the child already. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Ooh, pretty good. They're like, there's more people in that section. Of course, it sounds better. You guys ready? Are you ready? Some of you guys aren't buying this. All right, that's okay. It's all right. Here we go. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Uh, I'm giving it the middle section for sure. Some of you are like, am I at a church? What's going on right now? What's happening right now? All right. Why are we doing a call and response chat team cheer? The reason why is because we are actually finishing the journey of the Psalms of Ascent. We're getting to the last Psalm, Psalm 134. And this song is a call and response song. It's a call and response song. The context of this is what's perceived is that this is the last night of whatever festival or celebration that's taking place. God's people are coming together for a final night of worship. They're heading to the temple. And as they're heading to the temple in the evening, they are, they are calling out to the priests a call to worship where they begin to sing and really worship the Lord. And Psalm 134 is a call and response as they close out the evening and close out the trip, and they are getting ready to head back home the next morning. What is the call and response? Psalm 134 says this, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. This is the second shortest psalm in the book of Psalms, only three verses. And to be honest with you, NIV, I don't think, does a really great job of actually uh, translating a couple words. It kind of misses the, the actual intent of the actual song. The ESV says this, Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. The NASB says this, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who serve by the night of the house of the Lord. Everybody say behold this morning. Behold. Yeah, that, you said it right. Behold. That's how it needs to be when, when we actually look at it, that word behold. Uh, it's the same word that's kind of used in regards to Jesus' announcement that he is here, that he is coming, that the angel said, behold. It's the same idea of in the military. When your superior walks in, what do they say? That's right. Attention! There's an announcement that is being made. An announcement to the priests. Bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Do you notice the phrase over and over again? Bless, bless, and he uses praise, praise, praise. What is the announcement? Verse 2, lift 
up your hands to the holy place and what's it say? Praise. Praise. Bless the Lord. All throughout Scripture, we see this call to worship. We see this call of people to actually come and praise and bless the Lord. And not only come and praise and bless the Lord, but to lift up your hands in praise, it says in verse 2. Other passages in Scripture talk about how we are called to lift our hands in prayer. Psalm 141, 1 Timothy chapter 2, that as we pray, we're called to lift our hands. And, and even though there's no Scripture reference in regards to this, I believe that lifting your hands in praise and in prayer and worship is also a posture of surrender. Of surrender. I want you to think about this. I've got little children that have now been raised, and there's this season in my life where, I'll just be honest with you, as I've been reflecting on this sermon, I'm like, man, I kind of miss the toddler young years. And those that are like in that, you're like, oh, I'm ready to get out of this season right now. And some of you are like, I ain't going back to that season. No way. Ain't no way. But there's a part of, of like walking beside my kids that when they are starting to, to barely get moving, crawling, walking, there's this thing that they would do when they knew that they needed me or wanted me. What did they do? They lift their hands up. Lift me up. And there's just some amount of joy in that, that your kid lifting their hands saying, I need you, I want you. When we lift our hands in prayer, it's that type of messaging that we're saying to God. It's an, an act of surrender of God, I need you, I want you in this place and in this moment. I believe we as Christians, not only is it modeled for us to be a people that praise God, that lift our hands in prayer, lift our hands in worship, that we're called to be people that lift our hands in surrender. And, and I, I will just, can I push you a little bit this morning? So you go, that's, that's uncomfortable for me. You're probably going to do it this afternoon watching a football game. Well, that's different, is it? If God is the God of the universe who loves you and cares for you, why not would we lift our hands to him and crying out to him and surrender and say, God, I need you, I want you, I'm desperate for you, and I surrender my life to you in this moment. That God, you are good, and you're worthy of my praise and my worship. And let me just tell you this, in addition to that, do you understand that you are called as a father, as a mother, to show your family what it means to praise and to worship. And that your children are watching. Your grandchildren are watching. I snapped this photo. I think it was last month. This is Jenna and Tucker. They're in our home group. And this is little Presley. Lifting hands in praise and worship. 
Your children are watching. God's inviting you to worship him, to praise him, to lift your hands to him because that's what we're called to be as a people, recognizing that God is worthy to be worshiped. He is worthy to be blessed. He is worthy to be praised. God is inviting us. He's inviting you, commanding you to praise him, to bless him at all times, in all circumstances, and from all positions, from all positions, whether you are considered a pastor, a minister, a leader, whatever. God's inviting you to come to him. I love this this scene of God's people coming to conclude the festival, to conclude the journey, coming at night, coming for a call to worship, calling on the priests, longing to praise and worship God in the evening. I love the picture of night, because not only is it a a real um, time and place, but I think it also gives us a picture Sometimes we need to praise and worship God even in our circumstances of night, the circumstances of dark. You've heard the, the, the phrase, the dark night of the soul. If you've never heard that, it's this, this idea that sometimes we go through seasons like we talked about last week where things are difficult, things are hard, but that doesn't change who God is in the midst of the difficulty that he's still worthy of our worship, that he's still calling on us to come to him, to praise him, to worship him, to bless him whether you're on the mountaintop or even in the dark night of the soul, that every single one of us are called to worship the Lord. And today we have this amazing opportunity where we have God's spirit that reigns within us, that lives within us. And so not only do we come and we worship God with all that we have by singing, but in addition to that, we leave this place every single week with God's spirit in us. And that all that we do is an act of worship to him. Would you agree with that this morning, church? Everything we do is an act of worship to him. And so the way we interact with our kids, the way we serve in our workplaces, everything we do is an act of worship to him. He's inviting us to be that type of people. This is the call of God's people to the Levites. But what is the response from the Levites? Verse three, it says, may the Lord, what's that next phrase? May the Lord what? Bless you from Zion. What's Zion? Jerusalem. As you head home, may the Lord bless you from Zion. Place bless you on your journey back home, who made heaven and earth. The word bless is the word barach. Look to your neighbor and say, Barach. If you spit in their face, you did it right. Here's my get some gum or tic-tac or something, right? Bad breath. Barach. This is what it can mean to kneel down. To kneel down. And I love that picture. As the priests respond to the people of God, as they come wanting to worship God, the priests say back, may you be blessed from Zion. May God kneel down to you. When someone kneels, it's an act of service to someone else. And for those of us that are younger, like kneeling down is no big deal, but here's what I know. As you get older, kneeling down gets a little bit more painful, doesn't it? But why do you do it? Because you want to bless that person. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Maybe it's, maybe it's helping your spouse 
kneel down to get something. It's choosing to serve someone else. Yesterday, last night, um, I had a friend of mine that helped me, blessed me, by helping me install new brake pads on my truck. Then to come to find out, it wasn't just brake pads. I also needed to go and get rotors, and then I had to get a new caliper. Back and forth, back and forth. Let me tell you, a whole lot of kneeling up and down, up and down, up and down. Why? Because he was blessing me. Serving. When your children invite you to come down and play with them, what do you do? You get down and you kneel. When you're picking up around the house, you get down, you crouch, you kneel. God wants to bless you. And he wants to kneel down and serve you. This is who God is. This is what Jesus does. This is who Jesus is. Jesus didn't stay with the Father and the Spirit in the heavenly realms. He chose to come as a man in flesh. And what did he do? He came down. He kneeled down and walked among us. And what did he do when he was here? Did he say, it's your job to serve me? No, he went and he served and kneeled down. The God of the universe came and kneeled down and saved you from your sin. Saved you from yourself. This is who God is. He blesses you. And he calls on you to worship him, to trust him. God is a God who stands, Jeremy Kimball says, and he stoops or kneels, and he also stays. If there's a God that is worthy of worship, it's, it's this God. King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. That summarizes the posture of blessing. That God stands, he is foundational and dependable. That God stoops, he kneels to our level and meets us where we are. That God stays, he sticks with us through hard times and good, sharing his life with us in grace and peace. There is a God that is worthy of worship. It is this God who comes and meets you at your level. He doesn't ask you, to get yourself all cleaned up and then to come to me. He says, no, just come to me and I'll clean you. I'll make you whole. I'll make your life different. But it requires us to be a people that understand that we've got to come to him with our hands lifted up in praise and worship to him. And our response to him of worship, he responds back and he says, I'm going to bless you. As you head back on this journey, back home, I'm going to bless you. So we got to understand something. That as we go about the journey for ourselves, on the journey that we go on, as we leave this place, and as we go from day to day to day, and we have to remember this because it is so easy to forget this. On the journey of following God, that you're blessed. You are blessed to bless. And to be a blessing. You're like, that's a whole lot of bless. Yes. Let's break it down really quick. You are blessed to bless. God blesses you. He kneels down and he's inviting you to bless him back, to worship him back, to praise 
him back. And then it sits in our hearts to where we have the ability then to be a blessing to others. What does that look like? There's a lot of different things that looks like, but I would say this. As you're blessed to bless God and to be a blessing, it means that you understand that God's inviting you into relationship with one another as you're in relationship with him. And that means a couple things. First one, prayer. You're called to pray for other people. I'm really excited because next hour, we're going to invite all the youth, high schools that are coming up, Joe and his team, and we're going to pray over them. Why? Because we're blessed to bless to be a blessing. It means praying over one another praying over God's goodness over our lives. Your children that you're discipling, you're called to pray over them. When do you do that? Well, it's a little bit difficult when they're little rascals, right, running around. But there's this awesome, awesome moment when they're about to sleep for about an hour. You walk into their room. You're like, what if they wake up again? They won't. Maybe they will. But anyway... Walk in, you tuck them back in again, you put your hands over them and you pray over them. Why? Because God's blessed you to bless them, to be a blessing. What do you pray for? Pray for their hearts, pray for their soul, pray for their future, future spouse potentially. Bless them. Because God's blessed you, He's worthy of worship. And he wants you to worship him in your home. What does it look like? It means listening to people. It means sitting down with people, hearing their hurt, but pointing them to the God who can heal that hurt. What does it mean? It means serving people, eating with people. Kind of like what Jesus did with people. And sharing your story about what God's done in your life. It's time for us, church, to recognize every single day I've been blessed to bless and to be a blessing. I'm called to praise and to worship God because he's good. Even when I don't feel good, God's still good. And so this morning, as we wrap up, some things I want you to think about. Are you ready to trust him? and trust them that you are blessed by God? Are you ready to praise and bless him no matter what? Are you ready to bless others? And I want to tell you that God is doing a work in our church right now. People are coming to know him. People are being discipled. People are being set free. They're experiencing the church like they've never experienced it before. And we are called to worship God with all that we have and all that we are. Would you agree this morning? Guess what? When things are difficult, it still is the same. Because he's with us and he's blessed us. So we're going to praise him with all that we've got. I want to invite you to stand. I want to pray over you as we get ready to sing this last song. Lord, thank you, God, for the work that you're doing. Thank you, God, that in the journey, you're always with us. And that as we serve you and as we worship you, as we praise you, God, you bless us back. God, help us to remember that when life's difficult. Help us to remember that you stoop down, you kneel, 
you walk beside us, God. So we praise you with all that we are. And we leave here continuing to praise you because you're with us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.